You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Hey, well, it's great to be with you guys. Yeah. Well, happy Father's Day to all, and another thing that we're celebrating tomorrow is Juneteenth, and uh, if you don't know, in Galveston, Texas, General Gordon Granger read Order Number 3 on June the 19th, 1865, and here's what it said. The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. And this is in accordance, right on? That's good news, isn't it? And this is in accordance with Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, which says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male, female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Right on? And as we continue to see in the scriptures, if we go to Revelation 7, we would see a picture of heaven where John says, And behold, I saw a great multitude that one, no one could number from every nation, from every tribe, people, language, standing before the throne of the Lamb. So would you go to the Lord in prayer with me real quick? Lord, we thank you for the picture of heaven that is the kingdom of God now, and that is a diverse church of people of every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so we celebrate that freedom tomorrow, and we stand in solidarity with our African-American brothers and sisters who are part of our spiritual family. We love you, and Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak to us today through the teaching. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. So, uh, Father's Day, and it kind of takes me, Father's Day in my mind, takes me to the great Star Wars movies. Any Star Wars fans around uh, the, the church today? Okay, a lot of you dads like me love Star Wars. And in those great movies, one of the primary storylines is the redemption of Anakin who went from being this young Padawan learner who was learning the ways of the Force, but then he got a little bitterness and anger in his heart, and he turned into the supervillain Darth Vader. And if you remember in those movies, when Luke and Darth Vader would duel each other, they're in these lightsaber fights and all of this, and in these kind of movies, they're always monologuing back and forth, right? And one of the scenes where they're monologuing, the revelation comes out. I remember people in the theater were gasping when they heard this. Darth Vader said those words, Luke, I am your, what? Father. Now, technically, he didn't say, Luke, I am your father. He said, no, I am your father, just for those of you that, that matters to the, the three of us in the room. But uh, as the storyline continued, Luke senses that there's still some good in Darth Vader. And so he refuses to kill Darth Vader. And then when they're all before uh, Emperor Palpatine, you know, the evil overlord who was oppressing the whole galaxy, 
um, you know, the, the emperor is about to kill Luke and Darth Vader can't take it anymore. And he goes over and he grabs the emperor. He throws him down into a hole and kills him and thus sets everyone free in the galaxy. And that uh, is a transition where Darth Vader turns back into Anakin Skywalker, thus his redemption in the Star Wars universe storyline. And here's what happened there is that you see the heart of a father turn to his son and the heart of a son turn to his father. And I'm going to break down in this message why we connect with storylines like that and why today as we think about our fathers, pretty strong emotions come to the surface, don't they? And we're going to see this in our focal text today from Malachi. So if you would stand with me and honor the reading of God's word. And this is Malachi chapter four, verses five and six. The ancient prophet says, behold, I send you Elijah, the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And look at this. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. And so what we see there is that the last word that the people of God are given from the Old Testament prophet is about the heart of a father to embrace the father heart and to embrace the father heart applies to those of us that are men and fathers. And it also applies to everyone who has a father to embrace the father's heart. So before you sit down, when you turn to someone next to you and tell them embrace the father heart. And then go ahead and take a seat. And today I'm going to show you from this passage three facets of embracing the father heart. And the first one was one that I had not noticed in studying or reading this passage in the past. You know, I've always read this passage and just remembered that it was like hearts of fathers turning back to kids. But I never noticed number one here is that to embrace the father heart, you do so through the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah. Now, Elijah is a prophetic voice that does something significant in the hearts of fathers. And where does Elijah show up for the first time in the scriptures? Well, he shows up back in 1 Kings. And if you go back to that passage, you would read it. And you've heard Pastor Joe and I teach on this particular passage in 1 Kings about Elijah a couple of times over the past couple of years. And if you've read that story, you would remember that Elijah had the showdown with the false prophets of Baal. And in that encounter, God showed everyone there who was really God's prophet by bringing fire down from heaven to consume what was on the altar and even some of the uh, prophets of Baal there, right? But one of the things that you would also see from that story, if you were to go back to 1 Kings and read it, is that the spirit of Elijah the prophet not only draws out something good in men, but it stirs up and agitates the Jezebel spirit or the Jezebel attitude. Now, who was Jezebel. Well, she was kind of like the spiritual rattlesnake coiled on the queen's throne of Israel at the time. And Jezebel hates the man of God. She hates the father spirit of a godly man, you see. And how is the Jezebel spirit allowed to operate? And by the way, could I just say this? I'm going to do a whole service just on the Jezebel spirit later on in the year. And a couple of things I can tell you just for now is that the Jezebel spirit or the Jezebel attitude can be on a woman or on a man. 
And the Jezebel spirit always likes to control and manipulate. The Jezebel spirit is rebellious towards the things of God and hates the man of God and particularly hates spiritual fathers. But the one thing that allows the Jezebel spirit to operate in a family, in a company, or even in a church is something called the Ahab Spirit. Now, if you were to go back to 1 Kings, you would see this guy Ahab was what some people would call a vile human toad who was squatted on the king's throne of Israel, and he was a passive man, and he was a, a, a selfish man. So two of the primary characteristics of Ahab is that he's selfish and he's passive, and he allows Jezebel to manipulate and to control him. And I believe that the voice of Elijah is calling up the men of city tribe to rise up and avoid being passive Ahabs who allow the Jezebel spirit to control and manipulate. Now, I want to take a time out here for a minute because I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not proposing or teaching some type of uh, macho machismo where men dominate and control women because a man of God knows that he's secure enough in his position in Christ to love his wife like Christ loved the church. A man of God can read the book of Acts and know that it's both your sons and your daughters will prophesy. A man of God is secure enough in himself to empower sisters in the Lord. So don't misunderstand what I'm telling you today, but may I challenge some of you a little bit? If you feel, you feel a little unsettled, when I start talking about men of God rising up to their position in Christ, could it be that the Jezebel spirit has affected your thinking a little bit? And men, could I push on you just for a minute and challenge you for a minute? Could it be that there's a Jezebel spirit on a man or a woman in your life? And that you have to be a man and stand up to that Jezebel? Because one of the things you'll see from the scriptures is that a Jezebel can't be reasoned with. You can't love a Jezebel into right standing with God. You have to stand up to a Jezebel. Let me show it to you later on in the scriptures. Because the first time we see Jezebel is way back in 1 Kings. And then hundreds and hundreds of years later, we see Jezebel mentioned again near the end of the Bible where Jesus is confronting a pastor in his church. Go with me to Revelation chapter 2, verse 20. He says, but I have this against you. That you, what's that next word? You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and she's teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. So men, look, the Jezebel spirit, whether it's on a man or that attitude, whether it's on a man or a woman can call, her, call itself a prophet or prophetess. It's in the church a lot of times. And that same Jezebel spirit is always trying to tell you that the Bible says things are okay that are not really okay. They'll say that sexual practices that are in our culture and popular here are okay when the Bible says it's not okay. See? And as a man of God, you have to stand up to the Jezebel. You cannot tolerate it. Why? Because ultimately, the Jezebel spirit will harm and affect our children. And I'll show you more of that in several months when I teach on the Jezebel spirit. But let's look at number two. Elijah turns the hearts of fathers to their children. And fathers, our children need us, do they not? 
So with tears in her eyes, my friend Roger's teenage daughter came to him and she said, Dad, I'm pregnant. And with everything within him, he wanted to correct her, confront her for the behavior that caused her to be pregnant. But he had a God thought in that moment. And the God thought was simply this, Roger, how you respond to your daughter right now will affect her view of God for the rest of her life. And Roger brought his daughter in close, hugged her, and told her that he unconditionally loved her. That's the heart of a father. And I want to ask you, how do you, how do you respond to your kids when they struggle, when they fail, uh, when they have problems in life, dads? And another thing that I think we have to know is that our kids need it, not only need us when they fail, but what about when we fail as fathers? Because we've made mistakes too, have we not? And dads, I want to ask you to receive some grace today because I know that you struggled as well. And when we fail, I believe that one of the best things we can do is show our kids how to repent appropriately. That dads, that we don't have so much pride in our lives that we can't confess our sins and allow our kids to see us confess our sins and show contrition and pain and mourning over our own sin, that we could be an example of repentance to them so they can encounter the father heart of God and his forgiveness. And no matter how hard we try to embrace the father heart or be good dads, we are going to fail because we're not God. And look, some of you have really great dads. There are a lot of great dads in our church. Some of you have what, what we would call super dads. You know, he's handsome. He makes a lot of money. He's godly. He's everything that anyone would want in a dad. He's there for you. But what you got to understand is it doesn't matter that if your dad was dad of the year for 20 or 30 years running, your dad is not just a smaller version of Father God. Father God transcends all earthly fathers. He's in on another echelon. And so dads, there's a lot of freedom in us just acknowledging and saying, I'm not Father God. Could we say that out loud together, dads? Let's say it real quick. I'm not Father God. Isn't there a lot of freedom in that? So no matter what mistakes you've made in the past as a parent, men, I know that in your future, your heart is to be a man after God's own heart. And our purpose in this service is certainly not to push you down in any way. Our purpose in this service is to build you up and call you up to your identity in Christ. That is our heart at City Tribe. And I believe God has more for many of us as men of God. And when I think about a spiritual father, I can't help but think about the late Freddy Garcia. Freddy Garcia, I think if he wasn't the first, he was one of the first heroin addicts to get free in the state of Texas. And from there, Freddie started inviting heroin addicts into his home to lead them to Jesus, to help them get free, to disciple them, and to spiritually father them. Freddie was legend here in San Antonio. I mean, he was honored by the mayor of San Antonio. He was even honored by the president of the United States for his significant service to drug addicts in the inner city. Well, Freddie had this friend named David Wilkerson. And in case you're not familiar, back in those days, 
David Wilkerson was well known for writing a book entitled The Cross and the Switchblade. It was actually turned into a movie, and it was about how drug addicts in New York City got free uh, from drugs by the power of the gospel. And uh, David, though he was pastoring in New York and ministering there, he had a large piece of property in Lindale, Texas, which is north, uh, I guess, somewhere near the Dallas area. And one day when David had Freddie up to his property in Lindale, Texas, he said, Freddie, I want to gift this whole property to you. It was a massive piece of property in Lindale, Texas. And you know what Freddie said? Freddie said, David, I'm sorry, I can't receive this. And David's like, why? You know, this would be perfect for your ministry. I mean, you could, this could be your base of operations and all this, and it was perfect. And Freddie said, David, I can't leave my drug addicts. If I leave San Antonio, who's going to care for my drug addicts? And David said, Freddie, you have the heart of a father. You have the heart of a father. There aren't many spiritual fathers these days. And then as if it was planned, David Wilkerson invited a guy, another guy into the room. And uh, that guy was an interesting, very, very interesting guy. His name is Leonard Ravenhill, the late Leonard Ravenhill. In case you don't know who that is, he was a world-renowned Bible teacher and revivalist and a brilliant man. And Leonard Ravenhill and David Wilkerson put their hands on Freddie Garcia and they prophesied over him. And they said, Freddie, you're going to be a father to the nations. And after that prophecy, Freddie Garcia and his ministry reproduced and created over 300 more outcry houses for addicts, which also created churches all over the world. And my, one of my dearest friends is Jubal Garcia, Freddie Garcia's son. And Jubal has continued to create more and more outcry houses and churches all over the world to help people get free by the power of the gospel. And why is all this stuff, ha- how did all this stuff happen? Because one man, Freddy Garcia, chose to have, embrace the heart of a father. And men, I believe more is going to happen through you as you embrace the heart of a spiritual father. I think we're in an age where God doesn't need more spiritual CEOs. He needs more spiritual fathers who care for the kids that are part of the kingdom. And so what is it that happens when men of God embrace this father heart that I'm talking about? Well, number three happens that the hearts of children turn to their fathers. I heard an interview between Chris Vallotton of the Bethel School of Ministry in California with popular podcaster Carrie Newhoff. And in the interview, Carrie Newhoff asked Chris Vallotton, how come so many people of younger generations want to come to your school of ministry and your church? And Valentin didn't bat an eye. He immediately said, fathers. The reason younger generations want to come here is because fathers, they come here for all kinds of things, but they stay here for family. See, because what they understand there, no matter what you think about Bethel Church or, you know, Chris Valentin, they understand that the church is made up of fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters, sons and 
daughters. The way we say it around City Tribe is that we're a family, not a franchise. And we have a fair number of people from you millennial generations. You, got, you millennials make up a majority of our church. And then we have a fair number of people that are Gen Zs and regulars around here. And what I continually hear from our younger generations here in the church is that you're not just looking for a church with a slick production. And you're not just looking for a church with a really cool TikTok or Instagram account. But you're looking for authenticity and spiritual family where there are spiritual fathers and mothers to encourage you, to mentor you, and to love you. And we are all made to respond to God. But look, if you respond to the wrong picture of God, then you'll respond, be responding to the wrong God. And what is the right picture of God? Well, it's Jesus, right? And when Jesus talked about God, you know what he said? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen who? The Father is what Jesus said. Did you know that Jesus talked about God, referred to God as Father 189 times in the gospel. And so if you were our spiritual enemy, how would you try and jack up people's view of God? If God is Father, what would the enemy's primary objective be? It would be to wreck earthly fatherhood. And look, I'm not Dr. Phil or anything, but I can tell you this, is that I've ministered to literally thousands of teenagers and college students over the past 30-ish years. I started ministering when I was five. And I can tell you this, that over all those years, I can tell you most people's issues go back to a relationship with a father, either a good father or a bad father. And every person longs for the love and blessing of a good father. And I encourage all of you who are spiritual kids to somewhere find the blessing of a good spiritual father. And perhaps a part of your healing today is to embrace the father heart by blessing your fathers today on Father's Day. And part of that blessing is first forgiving your earthly fathers for the struggles that they've had. Because I know a lot of people, perhaps in this room and that will be in these services today that would give any amount of money if they could have their dad back alive to bless him and speak life into him. And it starts with forgiving him. Your father was, or your father currently is, an imperfect human being just like you are. And it gives you a little more empathy for your father when you think about his life and what his father was like or perhaps the things that he had to struggle through or endure through. Maybe that helps you to understand why he is like he is. Um, you know, I was encouraged by a TV character. His name's Higgins. And he's on the popular TV show Ted Lasso. And here's what he said. I try and love my dad for who he is and forgive him for who he isn't. And isn't that a pretty good slogan, is that I try and love my dad for who he is and forgive him for who he isn't. And so today, I would ask you to consider calling or texting your dad and blessing him in some way. Um, I have a list for my dad, reasons to bless him. And I just want to say, hey, Pop, I bless you. I honor you today for being involved in my sports teams. 
Pop, I bless you and honor you today for helping me financially to get through college. I would have never made it through without your financial help. Pop, I bless you for taking me to church as a kid so that I had the best opportunity to choose for myself to believe in Jesus and to follow him. And as you hear some of those things from me and how I'm blessing my father, perhaps God is bringing to your mind the different ways that you can bless your father today when you call him, text him, or just speak it right to his face. And uh, I want to show you this hermeneutic or a principle of interpretation. It's called the first mention principle. And it's when you find something for the first time in the Bible, it really shapes the way that concept is used throughout the rest of the Bible. And so if you were to look in the Bible, the first time that God is mentioned in a father as a father, it's in Deuteronomy. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 30. And it says, For the Lord your God who has gone before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt, before your very eyes and in the desert. There you saw how the Lord your God, look at this, carried you as a father carries his son. You know, fathers, one of the things that we do is carry our sons a lot, right? I, it's just a couple of years ago that my son got to a place financially where he was able to move out of our house. And we were carrying his belongings over to his new house. And I carried the last box of his belongings out of that car into the house where he now lives. And you know what I saw in the top of that box? I saw a framed picture of many years ago when I was carrying him as an infant into our home from the hospital. And I've carried him many times between, and you know, fathers, you know about this because you've carried sleepy kids. You've scooped them out of that car seat from the minivan or the car and carried him into the house. And that's much of what fathering is, is carrying our kids in ways that they need us. And you know, over the years, We've shown, you know, inspirational videos about fathers who carried sons or, you know, kids. And one of those is a guy named Jim Redman. And because we've shown a video of Jim Redman who carried his son, helped his son finish a race in the 92 Olympics, um, I was interested to see in my news feed recently that Jim Redman died. And I, I just got back from the United Kingdom and they were from there, uh, Jim Redman and his son, Derek Redman, who was a runner in the Olympics. And I was curious about the article, so I read it. Um, and I thought it was interesting how this man is remembered. Now, in case you haven't seen this video, we'll show it to you. I want to take you back to the 1992 Olympics when Derek Redman, a runner, blew out uh, his leg in the race, he was picked to win and watch what his father did to help him finish the race. Take a look.
And so when I saw that article about what happened there after, you know, Jim Redmond was passed away, one of the questions that was asked is, what did you say to your son? And you know what he said to his son? Son, you don't have to do this. He was showing his unconditional love for his son. And his son said, yes, I want to finish this race. And he said, then I'm going to help. We're going to do it together. You know, another thing that we see from this story is um, he was asked, how'd you get past the security? Right? You know what he said? I wouldn't be stopped. And when you're a spiritual father or earthly father, when your kids need you, you have to say, I'm not going to be stopped when I go to them. And then a third lesson for me personally in this is when asked about the 92 Olympics, does anybody in the room even remember who won the race? Maybe someone, but most of us don't remember who won the gold medal. And you know why? Because the whole crowd was captivated by a father heart, see? And our achievements, though they can be significant, our achievements are not as important as our fathering, men. So how about at City Tribe, we become a group of men who are known for our father hearts. And I want to ask you, do your kids need to be carried in some way right now? Maybe you've got a 20-something and they're struggling to make bills and you carry one of their bills to help them out. Maybe you have an angry hormone-raging kid who shops at Hot Topic and wears too many black t-shirts and he or she's yelling at you and uh, saying all kinds of ugly things about you. Maybe you just carry them by giving them a little grace knowing that they don't know what they're saying and that they may regret what they're saying later on, but you just take it, man. You just absorb it and love them through it no matter what they say. Maybe you have a daughter that needs to be told that she's lovable and that she's beautiful because she is. Maybe you have a son that's gotten involved in something he shouldn't. Maybe he's relapsed into something and you just got to pick him up. Maybe you have a son or a daughter that you're estranged from and like the father of the prodigal son, you get undignified and run to them. See, the father heart initiates the restoration of the relationship. The father heart doesn't just sit there full of machismo saying, well, I'll wait till she comes to me. The father heart goes to them. See? And I believe that's like the heart of our God. And I want to speak a blessing over you as a spiritual father to some in this church. And I hope you'll receive it for your life. I bless you, my precious child. You're so loved, specially created by God, unique and wonderful. So proud of you. You're the son, the daughter that God delights in, and I have the special privilege to call you my child and watch you mature. I speak life into you. May the blessing of the Lord be on everything you do. I bless your relationship with Jesus that you would have an intimate and loving relationship with him. I bless your relationships and your spouse and children someday that joy and peace will fill your home. I bless your mind with the spirit of wisdom from the Lord. I bless your desires that they'll be in unity with the desires of Jesus. 
I bless you and release you into the gifts God has given you to fulfill his plan for you. I love you, my awesome child. And so I've invited some of our spiritual fathers to come down and minister in a very unique and customized way. And so those of you spiritual fathers that we've contacted, would you guys go ahead and stand up now and come to the front and just stand down here in front of the stage on the floor facing the audience. And I want to give you guys a feel for why I've brought these good fathers down here. We've got a lot of great dads and spiritual dads in our church. And I've asked these guys to come down to the front so that you could come and receive a custom special blessing word of encouragement. Now, by coming, you're not saying that you have a father wound. You're not saying that your earthly dad was somehow less than. But as I was sitting on this message from the scriptures and praying, it's like God was prompting, prompting me to invite these dads here. And I've asked God, we've prayed over these men that God would give them a unique word of encouragement that you need. And so here in just a minute, I want to ask you to stand up and if you're comfortable to do so, to come to these men and they're just going to speak the word of encouragement that God gives them customized for you in the moment. And I really believe that the power in what God wants to do here is not just in what I talked about in my little sermon, but what God is going to give through these spiritual fathers, these men of God to you as we stand and sing. So let's go ahead and stand together now as the band leads us. Let's sing and you come and receive a word of encouragement that's just for you that I believe will help you level up in the spiritual realm.
you that you're so kind and good to us and that you reveal yourself to us as like a perfect father. And as many as receive you, you give the right to become children of God, sons and daughters. You give them the spirit of sonship, not the orphan spirit. And so if you've never known God and you'd like to know him as perfect father, no better day than Father's Day. So just tell him something like this, God, I choose to believe that when Jesus died, he died on the cross to pay for my sin. He rose again from the dead to give me new life. Welcome into my life. And as you just prayed that, can I tell you the picture I had in my heart? He's running to you. You thought he was mad at you, but he's not. He's running to you. And some of you who came to receive a word from one of these fathers, you reached a new level of inner healing because of your faith to step out. And some of you leveled up spiritually in authority and what the Bible calls anointing. Father, we thank you for what you're depositing into our hearts. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Would you guys join me in thanking our spiritual fathers up here for serving today? And uh, you guys can go ahead and take a seat just for a minute. And as we wrap up, make sure and come on back next Sunday in a service we're calling Have Mercy. I know that's going to be very helpful and encouraging for you. And as we talk about our offering today or our uh, you know, stewarding of our resources uh, I just wanted to thank you guys for your generosity. And because of your generosity, we received all the scholarships we need for City Youth Camp. And so all of our students, yeah, all of our students who want to go are going to be able to go because of your generosity. And I just say thank you for that, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of times when it comes to the offering, you know, we're like, hey, we need, we need, we need, or whatever. But today is not that. It's just thank you. Um, can I tell you some more thank yous while I'm at it? Um, I just got back from the UK, and you guys helped see some baptisms happen at uh, Liberty Church London through your generosity. And I'm just going to show you a couple of those for the sake of time. But uh, one of those baptisms was Kaylee. And Kaylee is an actress in the West End of London. And she came to faith in Jesus. And now she's going to be able to make an impact amongst artists and uh, actors and actresses there on the West End. And I'll show you another baptism. This is Claudia. And Claudia was struggling with emotional health issues. And she literally would not be here today, uh, perhaps could have, you know, taken her own life at one time had it not been for the ministry of Liberty Church London that you guys are helping with. And so can I say again, thank you for your generosity here. In case you're new to City Tribe, the way we take up our offerings is one of four ways, whether it's by mail or, you know, text to tithe or, you know, online or at the giving stations. We're just so grateful for the ways that you guys are making an impact through your generosity. So let's stand back up together and, and receive a word of benediction over you. Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you walk with the blessing of a father. May you walk from here receiving the father's heart, Abba father's heart. So walk from here in the fruit of the father's heart. You guys have an amazing Sunday. We'll see you next time. Bye now. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, 
Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.